Welcome to the Spirit of Praise broadcast coming to you from Tabernacle of Praise Church International, York, South Carolina. I'm Bishop Alfred Jackson. I'm thankful that you've tuned in today. I pray that the message will bless you and impact your life in a powerful way. Thank you for tuning in. Enjoy the message. Praise the name of Jesus. Thank the Lord for Sister Yvonne McFadden and ministering that song this morning. Luke chapter 22, verse 31. The Lord is good. And the Lord is greatly to be praised. Verse 31. Simon, Simon. Satan has asked to sift all of you as wheat. But I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, King James says, when you've been converted, strengthen your brothers. I want to talk about rekindling the fire in your heart. Now, I know this scripture doesn't talk about, doesn't, you don't see fire anywhere in the scripture. So I pray that the Lord will show me, show you how he showed it to me. Amen. Amen. Rekindling the fire in your heart. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Last Sunday, we talked about deferred hope and, and, and dealing effectively with deferred hope. We talked about the sickness of the heart that deferred hope brings. And the heart is sick, another way of saying it is your fire has gone out. Yeah, your fire, your passion. When we talk about part of the, when we talk about fire, one of the things we're talking about is your passion, but we'll also get into talking about the fire of God, which is God being a consuming fire or Holy Spirit. Amen. But when we look at when we look at the scripture, a truth that we need to understand is that Satan is coming for you, for us. He stalks us like a lion stalking prey, looking for the right time to launch an attack. He does, whether we realize it or not. And most of the time we don't realize it because, you know, we just think that, well, life is just life and that's just the way it is. Uh, these things are just going to happen. And we don't realize that, that Satan stalks us as a lion who stalks his prey. Amen. Jesus said the thief comes to do what? Steal, kill, and destroy. Amen. Amen. And he is like a roaring lion. Be watchful, be sober, for your adversary prowls around like a roaring lion. And, and you know, there, there are those of us who hear these scriptures and we know them and we're, we, we, we're watchful, but there, there, there are other times and there, there are others of us who hear the scriptures but yet don't, don't put them, don't make application. Amen. That's part of the theme, part of the reason for the theme, make application. Don't just hear something and, and, and let it slide off of you or pass by you, but, 
but make application of what you hear. So I need to know that, that Satan is, is on the prowl and, and he's looking for the right moment. The sickness of heart is one place where he takes advantage of, of believers and other people and enters in. Okay, the sickness of heart. When a, person, when a person's hope has been deferred, if you hadn't gotten to the point where we ended the message at on last Sunday, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, then just listen to the message and you know what I'm talking about. But if where we ended the message on last Sunday, if you hadn't got to that point, you may be one of those persons, one of those believers whose hope has been deferred. You've been looking to the Lord. You've been, you've been expecting God to do something and he has not done it. And that deferred hope, that delayed hope has caused a sickness of your heart. And that's one of the places where Satan will enter in. Again, remember Jesus said, be watchful. Be watchful. Pay attention. Be alert. Be alert, you know, uh, because of the fact that your adversary is prowling around uh, like a roaring lion seeking whom he made a vow. Another scripture that the Lord brought to my mind, uh, he teaches us to guard your heart. Guard your heart, for out of it flows the issues of life. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, need, to be, I need to be guarding this heart, amen, because so many things are, are coming at me, my being, my, when I, I'm, 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 I'm hidden here. I'm not talking about your, your heart, your your organ that pumps blood, but your being, your mind, your emotions. I need to be guarding all of this because the issues of life are going to flow forth from this. And if I allow the wrong things to get in, then the wrong things are going to come out. Amen. Amen. If I allow, and the wrong things are going to come at me because Satan is after me. Satan, Satan, Satan is on the prowl. Satan is looking for me. He's looking for a way to trip me up. He's looking for a way to defeat me. He's looking for a way to, 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 to make me uh, uh, doubt God or lack faith in God or not trust God. Okay? <clears throat> when I looked at this text, there are three things that, that we need to know and, and, and we need to have confidence in about God. And, and I, I want to um, just say something about knowing and having confidence in God here because of, just to say you need to know and have confidence in God. And we repeat this over and over and over and over again because there are things that, as I said, we hear scriptures and we know them and we can recite them like that, but to know them. And we know about God, but to know God personally and intimately uh, is, is totally different from hearing God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, or hearing that God is great and greatly to be praised. To know him, to know him personally and intimately is totally different from knowing about him. And that knowledge has to shift us to a point that we have confidence in him, all right? Uh, uh, I can't know and have confidence uh, in God for you. Amen. Your parents or your grandparents or your husband or your wife can't know and have confidence in God for you. Amen. Amen. Your best friend can't know and have confidence in God for you. This comes to be an individual thing where every individual has to know and have confidence in God for him or herself. Amen. 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 I can encourage you, but I can't know God for you. 
I can tell you about God, but I can't know God for you. I, I can have all of the confidence in the world that God is going to do a thing, but I can't shift that confidence into you. You have to have confidence in God for yourself. Amen. Amen. Regardless of how, how, how faithful your spouse is, you have to have confidence in God for yourself. Amen. This is not transferable. It's non-transferable. This is individual. Amen. And every individual has to know God for him or herself and has to develop that personal relationship with God. Amen. So that they have confidence in him. And when I talk about developing a personal relationship with God, I'm not just talking about reading your Bible. I'm talking about having experiences with God. You have to walk with God, amen. You have to, you have to, uh, the only way you're going to develop muscles is you got to go in the gym and you got to lift weights, amen. You got to put some pressure on these muscles. So in your relationship with God, you have to walk with God. You have to go through things, amen, because going through things is like lifting the weights, amen, putting pressure on the muscles, amen. So experiencing God in the midst of trials, you can't run away. From every trial. You got to experience them. You got to go through these things. And in the midst of going through them, learn to have confidence in God for yourself. Nobody can do that for you. No one can do that for you. We spend a lot of time encouraging people in this area. But, and the reason we do that is that a lot of times people don't listen. They don't listen. Can someone say listen? listen. Uh, and people don't listen because they feel like they know. Absolutely. Yeah, they feel like they already know. Oh, I know God. I hear people. Now, now, I am not saying, I'm going to say something, but what I'm not saying is that the only way you know God is come to church and sit under the word. Okay. All right. But that's a key part of the process. Amen. To say, I know God. And you never enter the sanctuary. You never enter corporate worship. You never sit under the teaching of the word of the Lord. To say you know God, there's something missing in that, in that process. And a lot of people out here will tell you in a minute, oh, I know God. You know about God, but you don't know him personally. Because if you know God personally, there's some, there's some things that's going to happen. One of them is that you're going to develop a love for his word. Amen. You're going to want to be in the same. You're going to develop a love for the corporate body. Amen. Amen. You just, you, you just, you, because Jesus, the, the, the word of God says, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together as is the manner of some. Amen. And the word of God teaches us that Christ has established his church and as a corporate body, we have a mission to accomplish in this world. So to say, I know God and I'm, I'm out here by myself, there's something, there's something missing in that process. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. A lot of people say they know and it's not for me to judge, but, but in a time of crisis, you find out what people do know. Amen. In a time of crisis, when the rubber meets the road, you find out what people know. And, and, and this is critical, saints. It's critical. Because crisis is going to come in your life. Amen. 
They're going to come. Inevitably, they're going to come. Amen. <sighs> and, yeah, all right. So, what people need to do is every people, all of us, <laughs> all of us, whether we are strong in the Lord or, or whether we're weak in the Lord, all of us need to examine how well we know him. Yeah, yeah. And this is a constant thing, you know. We should always be examining our, our walk with the Lord. You need to examine how much time you spend cultivating a personal relationship with the Lord because you do need a deep, personal, uh, intimate relationship with God in order to be and to live as an overcomer in this life. All right? Now, I didn't say to live free from trouble. I said to live as an overcomer. So if you're overcoming something, that means that you're what? You're going through it in order to overcome it. Uh, you need to know and have confidence in the one who sees all things and knows all things and is always everywhere present, amen, to, to, to manifest his perfect will, to help us in our situations. We need to know him. Amen. Yeah, you need to know and have confidence in the all-powerful, the almighty God, so that in the time of trouble, you will be able to bear up under the pressure of life and the onslaught of the enemy. I believe this is the place where Paul said, having done all, stand. Yeah, when you've done everything you know to do, you prayed and cried and cried and prayed and you read the word and you've confessed the word, amen. And you've you 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 you've gotten your prayer partner and you've joined hands and you've touched and agreed and nothing seems to change when you've done all you stand. You don't back up, you don't give up, you don't go throw in the towel, you don't end up, glory to God, with sickness of heart, you just stand. One of the things we talked about that was talked about in Bible study on Wednesday night was, I think it was this Wednesday night past, it talked about, you know, stand firm. That the Lord didn't tell us to go out and, 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 and charge in the battle. Hold your ground. Hold your ground. You got to hold your ground. Amen. You got to, you got to, the Lord has gotten the ground. He's already gotten us the victory in Jesus Christ. Jesus said, upon this rock, this faith in me and as the Messiah, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So we hold our ground. The gates of hell cannot prevail against us. Hold our ground. We stand firm. Stand firm. So when you've done everything else you know to do, now you know what the opposite of that is? When your back gets up against a wall and you come out swinging. When that old nature comes up, that's the opposite of standing. When you start cussing and you start fussing, that's the old man. That's the old nature. That's where the devil wants you at. Yeah, the devil wants you there. He wants you to, to, to that old man to come, that old woman to come out of you. That's the opposite of standing. 
Sometimes saints of God, amen, when you've said everything you know to say, then you just hold your peace and stand. Mm. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, it's tempting because sometimes we feel like we got to say something. Oh, I got to answer this. I got to deal with this. No, you don't have to deal with it. Shut your mouth and stand. Amen. Oh, I know I'm up in the house today. Ooh, Lord have mercy. Let me tell you something. Uh, any married couple will tell you that this is one of the toughest places to be. Mm. Yep. Because you get in a See, some of y'all who are not married, y'all don't... We're blessed. Amen. Let me watch what I say. But there is a difference when you're not married. Amen. Because you ain't got nobody but you to deal with. Amen. But, but, but marriage is honorable and her bed is undefiled. When you, he that finds a wife finds a good thing. Bless the Lord. And hopefully the husband is a good thing too. Amen. Bless the name of Jesus. But you get the point what I'm trying to make. Amen. In the marriage relationship, the devil can enter in so quickly and we, 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 we will get into arguments, amen, and we will say stuff that we have no business saying. Let me tell you something. When words come out of your mouth, when you say I'm sorry, you, the words don't change. The word is still out there. You might, be, you might apologize. You may be sorry for what you said, but the word that you said it's still out there. So we have to learn, amen, that we don't allow Satan to get the advantage of us. We have to learn this when we've done everything. Amen. Amen. You've, you've tried to be nice. You've tried to, you tried to reason. Amen. You've tried to pray. Amen. And all that doesn't seem to be working. It's just getting worse. Shut your mouth and stand. Yeah. Yeah. Whew. Because you want to be able to endure and patiently wait on God. Because God's going to move. He's going to move in this situation. Well, now, in this text, this text, I, I don't know how well I'm going to preach this message this morning. I'm just going to give it to you the way that the Lord gave it to me. The Lord showed me three things in this text that I want to share with you. The first one, we go back to what we started out at. I want to go back there. Satan has asked to shift you all like wheat. This is speaking to his disciples, okay? Now, now, if you notice, if you notice, Jesus, uh, this, is, this is at the Last Supper, all right? And so they've walked with Jesus for years, you know? And, and, if, and, and they've been trained, they've been taught, amen? And, 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 and the Lord is getting ready to, to, to give this ministry to them. To, he's getting ready to, to be crucified, amen. He's going to eventually ascend back up into heaven. So this ministry is coming to the disciples and a dispute arose among them as to who's going to be the greatest. All right. Pastor getting ready to retire. He has eight ministers and they're arguing about who's going to be the next pastor. <laughs> Ooh, no. <laughs> Now, the spew came up about who's going to be greatest, and Jesus gives a great teaching here. Uh, and, and, and you could go back and read it. 
He says that the, the kings of the Gentiles, and I'm, this is the NIV translation, uh, Lord their authority over, the kings of the Gentiles, Lord their lorded over them, their authority over them. And those who exercise authority over them call themselves benefactors. But you are not to be like that. And it's so important for us to get that because sometimes we allow the pattern of the world to be our example. And the pattern of the world can't be our example. The Lord has set an example for, that he wants us to follow in, in the scriptures. So that has to be a, uh, our example. Instead, the greatest among you should be like the youngest and the one who rules like the one who serves. For who is greater, the one who is at the table or the one who serves? Is it not the one who is at it? Is it not the one who's at the table? But I am among you as one who serves. But you are those who have stood by me in my trials, and I confer on you a kingdom just as my father conferred one on me. I'm giving you responsibility. I'm giving you authority in the kingdom. As a matter of fact, you're going to rule in the kingdom. So that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom and sit on thrones judging the 12 tribes of Israel. Then... Then, after he talks about what he's given to them, after he talks about this great responsibility, after he talks about serving, he immediately says, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift not just you, Simon, but all of you. For those of us who are students of the Bible, our minds immediately go back to Job. And that's the background thought of this. When the sons of God got together and met with God, God said, have you considered my servant Job? Yeah. Satan said, well, you got a hedge around him. You know, you're protecting him. Somebody said, God, thank you for your protection. Remove your hand and I'll, I'll make him crush it to your face. God gave Satan permission to Touch Job, he just couldn't take his life. Now, now there's something in, in, in this that we don't talk about a lot, and we may not fully understand why, all right? We may not fully understand why, but it's a part of this process of spiritual warfare, all right? Uh, uh, the Greek word there uh, is that he has asked for, he has demanded more precisely to demand the surrender. Satan has demanded the surrender of all of you from God. The Amplified gives a chilling rendering of this verse. It says, Simon, Simon, listen. Satan has asked excessively that all of you be given up. That all of you be given up, and this is amplified, I slowed down because you know amplified puts words in the middle of the sentence. Uh, to be given up, meaning out of the power and keeping of God, that he might sift all of you like grain. Satan has asked excessively. He hadn't stopped. Now, now get the saints, because... Because when we read the scripture, it does speak to us. Because we are the Lord's disciples today. What were the disciples given the responsibility to do? 
the disciples were given the responsibility, amen, to become ambassadors of the Lord Jesus Christ, to be the Lord's witnesses, to carry on the ministry, to advance the kingdom of God, which Satan does not want. So he's not just asking for those 12. He's asking for every disciple that names the name of Jesus that comes after these. Satan is going before God asking. Now you may not believe it. Asking excessively. We got to hear this. This is chilling. It's chilling to think that, that the devil... You know, so he's not just prowling around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour, but he's asking for you. That he may sift you. Now, if we deal with the corporate body, all right, and he's dealing with all of them, the you there is, is, is plural, to sift you like grain. So why do you sift wheat? Well, you sift wheat to separate the shift from the shaft. All right. So Satan is asking God. He's asked for these disciples. And, and it's, it's almost like this. I'm going to show you who's true, who's genuine, and who's not genuine. I'm going to put these disciples to the test. So I'm going to show who's genuine. And he's not doing it out of love for God. Because Satan hates God. So when Satan shifts us, Amen. When Satan shifts a congregation, when Satan shifts a group of people, he's doing it to show who's genuine and who's not genuine. He's doing it. He's doing it mm, mm, to prove whether you have real faith or you're just talking faith. Lord have mercy. He's doing it to disgrace us. He's doing it to nullify our testimony. He's doing it to cause us to be ineffective in the kingdom of God. He's doing it, he's shifting so he can say that person is not real. That person is not genuine to marginalize us, put us on the sidelines so that we're no help in winning the game. Today is Super Bowl Sunday. They're going to put the best players in because they want to win the game. Some people are going to be on the sideline. All they can do is cheer them on. But let me tell you what Satan would do with your cheering. He'll bring up your sin to you and shut your mouth. When you shut up. Oh, you remember what you did last night. He is the accuser of the brethren. He, and I, I, I don't know if, if we put all the pieces together about this. He, he wants to shift, sift us. It's weak. It's a proving. It's a testing now we don't. We, most of the time, we think of God as doing the testing. We don't think of Satan as doing the testing. If God will test you, if God will allow you to go through something, it's to build you up. It's not to put you to shame. It's not. 
It's not, I don't care how difficult it is, it is not to, to embarrass you. It is not to discourage you. If God allows you to go through something in your life, it's to build you, it's to strengthen you. Amen. It's to get out of you the good that he's placed in you to bring you into your destiny. But Satan only does what he does in order to steal, to kill, and destroy. So we need to be acutely aware of this. Uh, because this is serious warfare that we're in as saints. Amen. We're in serious warfare. And, and we do all right when things are going well. It's when things are not going well that we don't do so good. We got to start doing good when things are not doing so well. Because what's happening is Satan is pouring water on our fire. We don't have the fire like we used to have. We don't have the passion for God that we used to have. When you get in these situations, you don't want to pray. And if you pray, you pray quick. Almost like now I lay me down to sleep. I pray to Lord my soul to keep it. If I said that before I wake, I pray to Lord my soul to take. Amen. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy. If you pray, you don't want to pray because Satan, Satan has poured water on your fire. Yeah, he's after you. He's after you. Oh, he's he's covered. This covered age has poured water on a lot of saints. Because. What the devil did was he showed people who they were. You know, some people are looking for a good excuse not to attend worship. And they got one. And they're still using it. I might get sick. Well, you might get sick in Walmart. You might get sick in Publix because the virus will float through the air and you walk by somebody, someone and they cough or they sneeze and they got it's in the air and then you breathe it in. <sighs> Satan. Satan has asked for you. He has demanded you, disciples. He has demanded. And, and the implication of that is that he's demanded and God gave it. That's the part we don't understand. We still don't understand why God will allow Satan to touch Job. We don't fully understand that. So we don't fully understand why the Lord will allow Satan to sift us. And as I say that, I get part of it. I do, because God wants us strong. And God has given us every opportunity to be strong. Amen. Amen. Everybody in here has been to school and can read. Reason even. But there's one book that a lot of us won't pick up and read. 
We will spend time on, I'm, I'm off my subject. We'll, I'm not off my subject, I'm off my paper. We will spend time on Facebook and, 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 and all of the other platforms and we will we'll read what other people post. We won't pick up this book and read what God posted. Follow people. I, this last couple of weeks, I just backed away from Facebook. I was just like, you know, this is, this is too much. I was actually listening to, and God can speak to anybody. I was listening to Good Morning America, no, today, whoever, Laura Bush, not Laura Bush, but the Jenna Bush on whatever show she's on. And she was talking about how people get consumed with social media. She needed to back away. She said, I post, but I don't read what other people post. Uh-huh, yeah. So then I started posting very little. Because I'm not looking for a big following from the world. So I don't have to be on Facebook. You don't see, see my face on Facebook all of the time. Because I don't need that. I just need to be faithful and getting in this word and studying this word. I know it's a good platform for ministry. It's a good platform for ministry. But then I have to deal with my own motive. So the time I'm spending reading what everybody else posts. You know, you can just scroll and scroll and scroll for hours. That's the last time you got in this book. You got to get in this book. Well, the wonderful thing is, the wonderful thing is, is that Jesus is praying for us. Oh. Jesus said, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift all of your sweet, but I have prayed for you, Simon. Now Jesus gets specific because he's dealing with Peter, you know, and, 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 and Peter is going to rise as the, as the leader in the church. Amen? And, and, and Peter is just, just very, you know, he always has something to say. Amen? He, 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 he's always stepping up to the plate, sometimes putting his foot in his mouth, you know. If anybody else fall away from you, Lord, I will never fall away from you. I will die with you, Simon. Before the cock crows, you will have denied me three times. So Jesus knows what he's talking about. So here, he's speaking specifically to Simon. And the Lord is speaking specifically, I'm going to say, to all of us today, he's praying for us. He's praying for us. He's praying for us. Yeah, yeah. Notice now, he doesn't say, I'm praying for you, Simon, for Satan to keep away from you. Or for Satan to be unsuccessful in his shifting and his sifting. He doesn't say that. He doesn't say, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna block Satan and he and he won't be, he'll try to sift you, but he won't be successful. Jesus doesn't say that. Jesus says that your faith does not fail. That's key now. Everybody is going through something and you want the Lord to deliver you. They'll say, uh-uh. This thing. One thing I'm going to pray is that in the midst of what you're going through, your faith doesn't fail. In the midst of the sifting, that your faith does not fail. So this implies that Satan is going to have his way in the sifting process. Whew. That God is going to permit Satan like he did to Job to test the disciples. But for Peter, that his faith 
will not fail. You got to know, testing is permitted. You're going to go through the test. It's not going to always be from God. It's going to be, now God doesn't tempt us with evil now. It's going to be from Satan. This is the reason for such great emphasis upon personal, upon a personal, a growing, a thriving relationship with God. You can't wait until you're in the midst of the battle to start preparing the fight. Amen. And the battle is coming to you. Are you listening? It's coming to you. I don't know what form it's going to come in. I don't know what form the devil is going to attack you, but he's going to attack. Jesus said, in the world you're going to have tribulation. Amen. Paul said, all who will live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Peter said, my brother, do not think it strange the fiery ordeal that is is going to come to test you. Don't think it strange. These things are going to happen. No believer, no believer, when a fiery trial comes, a fiery ordeal comes in your life, don't be surprised. Be able to stand. You don't know what it's going to be. You don't know when it's going to come. All right? But one thing you want to do is that you want to stand with the fire of God, with the passion of God burning inside of you. So these things are going to come. Satan will attack us. Satan has demanded to have us. But Jesus has prayed for us. This is the best information that you can ever receive. I thank God that he said that Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father and that he ever lives to make intercession for me. Amen. He's praying for me. Amen. Amen. He's in the throne room of heaven, right at the right hand of the Father, and he's praying for me. Amen. In fact, he ever lives to make intercession for me. Amen. Amen. He's praying for us. The all-wise, the all-knowing, amen, God the Son is praying for you and me. Amen. It makes no difference what you go through. He sees it before it is coming. He allows it to get to you, but he is praying for you because he doesn't want your faith to fail. If your faith doesn't fail, you can bounce back. My goodness. If your faith doesn't fail, you can rise up again. If your faith doesn't fail, you can get up off the ground. I listened to a preacher a long time ago. I think I was in college, you know, it was a good while ago. And that preacher preached that message. He said, he talked about being on a boxing match with the devil. And he said, he said, I'm down, but I'm not out. He said, the devil knocked me down, but I'm not out. I can get back up again. Glory to the name of Jesus. You might get knocked down. Glory to the name of Jesus. But when your faith doesn't fail, you can get back up again and get back into the fight. Yeah, 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 yeah. Jesus is praying. That's wonderful information for the believer. He's praying for us. It's important for us to know. Because if we don't know this, we will get knocked off track. We'll be wondering, you know, why, why don't, why don't, why don't, well, I'm not going to worship this morning. 
I'm just stay at home. I watch it online. <laughs> I haven't gotten that one yet. I, yeah. I mean, I know sometimes you got to, but bring me in the sanctuary. Let me hear the live voices. Let me, let me, let me enjoy the fellowship of believers. Amen. You know, I, my wife and I sometimes on Sunday afternoon, we listen to Bishop Patterson. You know, Bishop Patterson dead and gone. You know, the messages sound good. Yeah, I like to watch the folk on the, on, and like to hear him preach, you know. But, but I'm sitting in my, in my recliner, you know. It ain't like being in the sanctuary, you know. It's not like being there. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to the name of Jesus. I mean, when you come in the sanctuary, you bring your fire and I bring my fire. Amen. Hallelujah. I mean, that means that we're going to put this fire together. We're going to have a great big bonfire. Amen. It's something about what happens in the worship. Glory to the name of Jesus. When the saints worship together and then we begin to, the Holy Spirit is moving in our midst and we begin to feed off of one another's worship. I mean, you know, my singing ain't the best in the world, but, but, but if Sister Yvonne is singing, I sing along with her, then then y'all gonna hear her more than you gonna hear me but it makes us so good when the praise team gets together hallelujah and they're singing together amen amen and they're, they're, they're singing in harmony and they're singing in power it's different for me singing by myself it's different for me singing in my car it's something about us coming together and Jesus prays for us so that our faith doesn't fail because when our faith starts to fail, we start getting weak. Amen. The fire is going out. Amen. The fire is going out. The fire is going out. The fire, this is why you got to just examine yourself because you don't want a little fire. Mm. You know, it's like if you're sauteing vegetables, you don't want the fire on low. You want a hot pan. <laughs> Glory to the name of Jesus. We should want a hot pan. We should want to be hot. Hallelujah. Because we want this thing to happen. Glory to God. We want to sense the presence of the Lord. We don't want a whole harm relationship with God. Well, I can take it or I can leave it. Amen. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Well, let me go on. And, and, and I'm, I'm, yeah, let me finish this up. Yeah. Uh, in the text, the third thing we see. Jesus has prayed for us and is praying for us. There is a time of conversion. Oh, time of conversion. When you are converted, he's talking to Peter. He's, he's speaking forth into Peter's life. Now, you want to get to the point that you're converted. When you are converted, now some of you, you're already converted. You're already there. So I ain't preaching to you. <laughs> uh, when you are converted, strengthen the brethren. And, and, and so when you, you look into that, this is important, saints, as we minister to people who are, whose fires are going out. All right. There's a, there will be times in our lives when we won't get it right. There'll be times in our lives when we fail. Now, like Peter did. Peter denied the Lord after Jesus told him before the cock crows. Peter was so confident, if everybody else falls away from you, I will never. Mm. Peter fell. 
But there is something that's very important in this verse. If your faith doesn't fail, conversion will come. Why? Because Jesus is praying for you. What is he praying? Well, he, he's praying about your needs. He, he, is, he, is, he, he is praying about things that you don't know what you ought to pray for in your situation. Your mind might be boggled. You, you, you might be confused. You don't know what to do. But the Lord is praying for you. He's praying like he did for Peter, for divine preservation. My goodness, that your faith doesn't fail. That God will preserve you. Hallelujah. He preserve your, your faith. I prayed for you that your faith does not fail. Hallelujah. If his faith didn't fail, he will return to God and be converted. He will return to God a changed man. Saints, that's what people need today. We need to return to God so that he can change us. Hallelujah. So that he can change us. The old man ought to stop coming up. The old man ought to be under control. Yeah. If he, if he tries to raise his head, you ought to know how to put him back down. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, 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 listen. This is what the Lord laid on my heart. You don't just want to change. You want your passion rekindled. Okay. You want your fire to return. So, so when Peter is converted, the Lord says, you got to strengthen the brethren. Amen. In order for you to strengthen the brethren, you can't just be converted, but you got to be strong. And you got to have the fire of God burning in your heart. Amen. Amen. You, you don't need this casually calm, relaxed, ho-hum relationship with the Lord. You need a passionate, on fire, fire relationship with God. Because it's the fire that makes the difference. Amen. It's the fire that makes the difference. The Holy Spirit appeared as tongues of fire on the day of Pentecost. Amen. One of the descriptions of God, amen, is that God is a consuming fire. Amen. In Hebrews 12 and 12. When John was preaching and baptizing people, amen, before Jesus came to him, he said, I baptize you with water, but there is one coming after me who will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Amen. We need fire in our lives. We need a strong, passionate, burning relationship with God. The fire of God that we all need and the fire in our relationship with God that makes a difference. Peter failed, but he was converted and got the fire of God back in his life because Peter was in the specified place at the specified time when the fire fell. Hallelujah. And this same Peter who had denied Jesus is the one who filled with the fire of God stood up on the day of Pentecost, hallelujah, in the boldness and the fire of the Holy Ghost. When they said, these people are drunk, Peter said, oh no, it's too early in the morning for them to be drunk. But this is that which is spoken of by the prophet Joel, that in the latter days, said God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. This is the Peter, now on fire for God, who didn't worry about his life, but preached under the power of the Holy Ghost. 
This is what we need in the church today. We need people filled with the fire of God. The devil is working overtime. The devil is stashing your fire. The devil is getting your heart all messed up. But you need the fire of God back in your life. You want the fire of God to return in your life. You got to do like Peter did. And you got to stay around seeking God until it happens. Even though Peter went out sorry in that night when he went away sorry in that night when he denied Jesus. He stayed with those disciples. Something about staying with the disciples. Even when you mess up. Let me tell you something about messing up. Don't leave the church. If you mess up, come to worship. If the preacher talking about you, come on to worship. If the word of God is hitting you on one side and down the other, come on to worship. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Just, just, just get in there. Amen. Get in the house. Stay among the believers. Amen. If people talking about you, just, just look straight ahead and come on to worship. It's something about staying in there where you get the word of the Lord. Amen. How, where the Holy Spirit has the opportunity now to continue to take that word and work it in your life because the word of God is the sword of the spirit so that eventually conversion is going to come. Folk mess up and they stop coming to church. Folk mess up and they stop reading the Bible. Folk mess up and they stop praying. No, 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 no. Yeah, if you want the fire of God, you got to stay in there. Last point, you got to do like Hannah did. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, you know the story of Hannah, right? Yeah, yeah. Hannah was was Elkanah's wife. She couldn't couldn't bear a child. God, Bible said God had closed her womb. Mm. And she cried and she prayed. Had old Panana there. Panana was just picking at her. Mm. You know, that are the folk that'll pick at you. But Hannah didn't give up. Hannah's husband loved her. But let me tell you something. Regardless of the love her husband had for her, her husband couldn't fix a problem. Only God could fix a problem. So when they went back to the temple the last time, Hannah stood up and she began to pray. Oh, yeah. She was moving her mouth, wasn't saying a word. Amen. Eli thought she was drunk. She said, no, 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 I'm not drunk. Uh-uh. No, no, no. She said, I got this petition. Amen. I want to put before the Lord. Amen. She was putting a petition before the Lord. Amen. And she prayed. Amen. And she cried. And she prayed. Amen. Hannah pushed. Somebody said, push is pray until something happens. Amen. Amen. Hannah prayed when her heart was sick. Hannah prayed when Panana was picking at her. Hannah prayed. Amen. When she was experiencing deep, deep anguish and bitterness of heart. But she prayed in the midst of it. She didn't give up until, until God answered her prayers. I'm telling you today, saints of God, it's the fire of God you need. And if you don't have the fire, you got to do what it takes to get the fire of God, to get the passion back in your life. Your husband can't fix your problem. The preacher can't fix your problem. Your wife can't fix your problem. You got a problem that needs to be fixed, and only God can fix it. Yeah. Peter stayed around the saints, stayed around the disciples. 
Hannah kept going to the temple. Hannah kept praying. Last time when she presented a petition, they went home and she and her husband made love as she was pregnant that night. Somebody say that night. Yeah. Yeah. That night. Somebody's going to conceive tonight. I'm not talking about a natural baby. Somebody's going to conceive. Somebody's going to get pregnant with a new vision tonight. Somebody's going to get pregnant with a new desire tonight. Somebody's going to get pregnant with fresh fire tonight. It's the fire of God. It needs to be rekindled in the saints. How are we going to make application without the fire? How are we going to endure without the fire? How are we going to deal with those souls of the enemy without the fire? It's the fire of God that we need. Hallelujah. Amen. Satan is coming after us. But if we have the fire of God, we'll stand. God bless you. Let's stand. Father, thank you for your word and the power of your word. Thank you that when your word goes forth, it does not return to you void, but it accomplishes all that you desire. Thank you that you prosper your word in the things that you sent your word to. Thank you for sending your word to us this day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If there's anybody here today who would like to give your life to Christ or if you're watching us online and you need to give your life to Jesus. We want to give you that opportunity to do so. Come, make the profession of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus died on the cross to satisfy God's righteous, requir God's righteous requirement on your behalf so that you could be saved. There's no other way for salvation. There's no other means. God has not provided any other way for people to come to him. So only through faith. In the finished work of Christ on Calvary, that's the only way. One of the things I didn't mention in this explanation of this text is that implied and Jesus said, I prayed for you. Implied in that is God's love for us. Paul said in Romans, what should separate us from the love of God? And he lists all of these things. That He says, none of these things. Why? Because God loves us. And God works all things together for good to those who love him under the call according to his purposes. So your faith won't fail. Your faith won't fail if you love God. If you give your life to him, he's praying for you. He wants you to come to him. He wants you to, to give your life to him. He wants to be your savior. He wants to be your Lord. If you want to give your life to Jesus today, pray this prayer with me. Father, I am a sinner. I cannot save myself. But Lord, I believe that you died on the cross on my behalf so that I could be reconciled to God. Lord Jesus, thank you for paying the price that I owe for my sin. Lord Jesus, 
come into my life. Save me from my sin. I yield my life to you today. I accept you as my Savior and my Lord. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. Amen. I pray that you've been blessed by the message. And if you have, write to us. Let us know how this message has impacted your life. Or if you've made a decision for Christ today to follow Jesus as your Savior and your Lord, write to us and let us know that as well and give us your information so that we can follow up with you. You may write to us at Tabernacle of Praise at msn.com. That's Tabernacle of Praise at msn.com. Give us your email address or a way to contact you so that we can follow up with you. Also, we would like for you to sow into this ministry. If you've been blessed by this work, by the preaching of the gospel and the teaching of the gospel, and you would like to help further this cause, we're not just preaching here in the United States. We are preaching around the world. Through this podcast, our messages are being heard in many places around the world. We are actively working in eight countries in the world on the ground in Liberia, Malawi, Burkina Faso, Ghana, Guinea, uh, Kenya, and Dominican Republic. So if you'd like to help us in this work, feel free to sow a seed to help further the preaching and teaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ and the expanding of the kingdom of God. If you would like to give, go to topraise.org forward slash give. Again, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Continue to pray with us and for us as we continue to spread this gospel of Jesus Christ around the world. God bless you.